This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back for another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast. And yes, you are hearing us right because today is Sunday. But after all the emotions of yesterday, we thought it was only right to bring you our latest episode today. We are going to be mainly going through the events of yesterday before previewing Wednesday's clash with Bristol City. And today I'm joined by Jamie Castle, Dylan Bundia and Stephen Day. How are you three after yesterday? I'm recovering a little bit from yesterday, but it, it, it was all worth it. Yeah, I'm recovering as well. Luke Berry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it wasn't going to take you long to mention him and how you've been constantly praising him, but I didn't expect it to be this big-headed and this early on. But you surprised me. Luke David Berry. Luke David Berry. <laughs> so, Jamie Stephen, you were there yesterday and sort of going back to the very start of it all, the trains were messing you about. There was three big players missing, another injured in the warm-up. How did you feel before going into this game? Uh, excited because it was back to back to Luton football. Um, obviously, when the team was was released, it was interesting because um, obviously Nathan referred to it in, in his pre-match that there was a few players that got some, some niggles, but we, we weren't quite sure just how much it, it impacted us. Um, t- turned out that in hindsight it was a pretty bad sort of previous 24 hours in terms of Eli and Fred and, and that all, all being being out late and last minute um, so I guess given all of what, what, what happened it was understandable with the team that that he um, that he put out in the end Yeah I, I was feeling excited about it as well because it was my first away day since Wigan uh, back in March 2020. So yeah, I I was excited about it. I wasn't. I didn't. Um, when the lineup was announced, I was a bit confused. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I still think we can get something no matter what. Because yeah, I thought I, I still held on to that one nil win until we conceded. So yeah, that prediction. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think any of us are doing quite too well with our predictions at the moment. But we found ourselves 2-0 down at half-time. And was that disappointing considering you've travelled all that way? As I said before, the trains were messing you about. And then to go in 2-0, when perhaps 2-0 was not the most reflective scoreline, was that a little bit disappointing? Yeah, I wouldn't say disappointing. It's just frustrating. Um like I, I think for me, like I, I put something out saying that the first twenty minutes was just a midfield battle that we probably marginally edged with regards to the positions that 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 we were getting into, and then suddenly two defensive actions that that we that we make mistakes in, and and we find ourselves two 0 down. It's just frustrating because they're they're mistakes that that they're naive mistakes that probably we we didn't make last year because we we understood the sort of side that we were last year. And, and now Nathan's trying to transition us into a top fluid championship sides. We, we, we're now making sort of naive mistakes that we may have made two, two years ago under Graham. So obviously it's teething pains and, and yeah, it, it, it's hard because we, we, we've been missing Sonny and obviously previously we'd, we'd missed Burke and that as well. So hopefully when, when our defence gets gets like back, back to full fitness and hopefully we will stop making those mistakes. So disappointing yeah a little bit but for me it was more frustration yeah I, I felt quite frustrated um, just because it, it didn't feel deserved at all really um, yeah I I didn't believe we deserved to be 2-0 down realistically it should have been 0-0 at half time but um, yeah just as, as Jamie's just said the mistakes were just silly and shouldn't have really gone into it like into half time, two nil down. But we move on from it really because I didn't feel like we were out of the game yet. So I wasn't too worried. I was thinking there's always a chance we can get something from it. And yeah, obviously we did. Yeah, of course we did at the end. Berry with a brace. So, Dylan, this is where we'll bring you in. What did you make of his performance when he came on and done the business? Love that guy, you know. I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that he's he's going to go and and be our most important player this season or anything like that. But what he showed yesterday was exactly what he's shown every year he's been with us, and especially in the championship, is the intelligence of the runs that he makes, the little things that he does. I mean, if you look back at the first goal, the little double movement on the edge of the box to send Niambe to the back post, then get across him, and just and and then he gets there just about just about pokes home and it's those fine margins that he's able to win and the second one as well um, I was actually listening to a to a brilliant interview with um, former Cambridge manager Sean Derry who managed Berry and um, and he was saying you know Luke Berry was the, the, where you know they, he used to play with Uche Piezu and the way that he would work off him was so intelligent and it's the same it was exactly the same um, yesterday where Cameron Jerome makes that the ball's on, on the right hand side and Cameron Jerome pulls away to get rid of the centre half and Barry attacks the space inside. And, and, you know, I'm so pleased for him because he's, he's someone who does a lot of stuff that goes unnoticed and he's someone who offers things that perhaps a, a lot of our squad don't have. And, and so I'm really, really pleased for him that he's, he's managed to show that and with, with some real end product. You know, you look at the two goals, he, he only scored twice last season, um, but the two goals he did score, again, were, were exactly the same. It was late runs from the box, uh, from the edge of the box, 
finding little tight pockets of space to work in, getting in front of centre halves, and, and he's really good at that. So I'm, I'm really, really pleased for him, and especially now with with Alan Campbell's injury. Hopefully, it's not too bad. But if his ankle ligaments, you know, he could be, you know, three months or so, then you know, Luke Berry is gonna gonna get more minutes, and he's gonna be more and more important for us. But overall, you know, most important thing is is we got the draw, and uh, you know, limbs in the away end. I'm kind of jealous of of um, Jamie and Stephen that they were there, but. I mean, wow! What what a day and and what a what a game to be at, hey? Definitely, and I think when you were just saying there, we got two goals last season. I'm pretty sure one of them you were talking about was against Blackburn when Collins slipped and Berry was there reacting quickest and and just yeah. shoving exactly yeah. what Berry does really. Yeah, and you look at that goal as well, and it's exactly the same. That little step that he takes one way to just take it was the Darrell Lenihan again to just take him. Um, outside and then dart across him and get to the ball first and, and poke home. It's just the little things that he does um, that are so clever and, and, and intelligent. Um, so, you know, great player to have around, great player to have off the bench from the start. I'm going to butt in there and say um, the run that he made for the second goal as well was absolutely brilliant. Like, he timed it perfectly and credit to Cameron Drove as well because in that position, if you've got someone like Hilton or Collins, they're going to try and head that towards goal. But I think Cameron's just got that little bit of experience where he thought, I'm going to knock this down rather than go for goal with that header. And he knocks it into the perfect place for Barry. And Barry, you know, does what he does best, really, and just puts the ball home. And well, I say best, but, you know, when he when he's in front of goal shooting, that's that's pretty much what he does best. He just can, can uh, get goals from you know, sort of positions where some strikers like Harry Cornick might not. <laughs> but yeah, um, it was just it was just a brilliant goal, that one. And the, just credit to Cameron Jerome as well there. But yeah, Barry was just brilliant. Yeah, as you say, it was very intelligent from them both. But we'll rewind it back a little bit to when it was 11 minutes on the clock. And the first major incident of the game was when Darren Lenahan went lunging in on Alan Campbell. The video looked horrendous. I know in real time it might not have appeared like that and the, the angle that referees in makes it more difficult. But Lansbury came on and for me, looked very, very impressive again. And is he a player that you feel that can become integral to our success this year? Yeah, Massive. definitely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's, he's, I think... Similar to, to Luke Berry, he's, he's such a smart midfield player. Uh, again, there, there, there's a lot of stuff that that does go that does go unnoticed that he does, and you just think, wow, like he, he's just yeah, he's just such a, a, a clever midfielder. And I think massive loss to Miss Campbell, and we can talk for hours about how dirty that tackle was. Obviously, not malicious, but. There's definitely a red card, um, but Lansbury's come on and, um, and played really well, and he's now got an even bigger part to play this season for us. Yeah, when he came on, we looked at just a little bit more. Well, not a little bit more, because obviously it was 11 minutes in, but once once he got into the game, we looked a little bit more sure in midfield. Um, he filled some gaps that were there from the start, and yeah, I think he's going to be a very important player this season. Yeah, I mean, he 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 looked really good. Obviously, his range of passing and and that kind of progression he gives us. But I mean, the first goal was uh, was part. Well, the first mistake was 
was from Lansbury in terms of how he pressed. Um, he, he pressed. He he le- he left Lewis Travis to go and press the centre back and left the the passing lane open to him. And then they went into him, and then they went into John Buckley, and then they then obviously Carlos didn't track the run on the outside. But um, but Lansbury is gives us things that we don't have again, like Luke Berry. Um, he, he's some of the switch plays he was given to Bree were just excellent. He tries things as well. You know, he, he, he has a go at the crazy passes and that's what, that's what we need. That's what we lack at the minute. But, you know, what, you know, a really, really good player, especially with Campbell now out, he's going to be really important for us. I think we've mentioned Berry there and now we've just mentioned Lansbury. I think honourable mentions also need to go to Sluger, Osho and Bradley how they performed yesterday but we'll move on to how Blackburn looked yesterday because for me who was basically scrolling through Bet365 during the game to to watch how the game was going which is never a good indication to to see how the actual match is is playing out but it shows you a little bit and and it's the quickest way basically to keep up with it all so were Blackburn threatening? Did they deserve to go a goal up, or, or was it just our, through our mistakes? Our sort of. I think it was purely our mistakes. Um, if I'm honest, I mean, I, I was saying to Stephen at half time, if we can just get one back, like we, we can get a point, or even or even all three here. Like that, 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 I personally wasn't too impressed with them. I think both goals were mistakes. And then the second half, their only real chances were as we were trying to to push for the first and second goal. So, yeah, not 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 overly impressed. I mean, that they were good sides, but I wouldn't say they're they're a fantastic side. Yeah, I I as we said earlier, like it was mistakes really than them deserving it. Um, as Dylan like pointed out, the positioning and the tracking back for the first goal. Um, wasn't great and it was just yeah as Jamie said like it just felt like kind of when we had Graham Jones in charge it was just those sort of mistakes and I didn't think that any of Blackburn players looked especially amazing they weren't the best team on the pitch it was fairly even it just just so happened that we made the mistakes and in the championship you make mistakes you're going to concede goals yeah, I definitely agree with with Jamie and Stephen there. I mean, the first one was a few errors, uh, Lansbury and then Carlos. It's harsh on Carlos, but, you know, he'll learn. He'll learn. He'll get there. Mm. And then the second one was just uh, Reese Burke stepping out when he, he tried to close down. It was, it was, you kind of understand, he tried to close down Brereton on the edge of the box for the pullback across. But then Harry Pickering made his trademark inside run and he just left it. And, it, and because he was trying to step out, he just left a huge gap for Pickering to run into. Um, so, you know, that first 20 was was tight, but then when you make a, a few kind of fundamental errors, that's going to cost you in the championship against you know, Blackburn, who didn't particularly threaten, but they have players who can score goals in Brereton, in Tyrese Dolan, in Pickering is a threat from there as well. So we need to cut out the errors, but again, the performance levels are there and, and Blackburn were, were not that much better than us, really. I don't think they were better than us at, uh, at all. Yeah. And even for the first one as well, like, just well, back, back, back on the first goal, like, yeah, there was mistakes, but also a bit of, bit of misfortune about it because it sort of comes off Carlos's foot and bounces up, then comes off Potts's backside straight into the path of Dolan and, and he lifts it over Sluger where you say if, if maybe Carlos doesn't get a foot on it and Potts doesn't 
sort of get that block, then Naismith clears it, and it's like that's the, then that's the, the the danger gone. So, but it's both mistakes and misfortune. So it's that that double whammy almost. Yeah, definitely, because it doesn't it doesn't seem that they were brainless mistakes. Instead, they were just sort of avoidable ones that you can sort of understand why the players did what they did and. The first one Dylan alluded to there was something to do with Carlos Mendes Gomez and going on to his performance because it was his first championship start of the season. What did you all make of how he began his life in the championship? I thought he looked quite good. Um, obviously, you can see that he's not championship ready, but he's got the the potential to, to be a good player this season. Um, some of the runs he was making were quite smart, but it... It's like he didn't have that that um not not pace, but like just the the mind to really see what to do and where to put the ball a lot of the time because the game was going probably a lot quicker than what he might be used to. Um so like some of the passes he made just kind of went off off a little bit. Some of the runs he made, he didn't release the ball well enough, but then he's got the pace and he's got the energy to try and win the ball back. And he he did put a lot of the defense under the pressure. Uh, different points but ultimately it was an okay first start for him and I'm I'm still excited to see what he's got it's just obviously we need to get him you know into a we need to give him the time in the championship to actually grow into a championship player yeah yeah I agree I think for me what 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 I liked was that is that was that he was trying things that didn't come off but he was trying to use his flair, bit of skill here, and, and it just, yeah, yeah, he it, wasn't it, scared. It, it, yeah, exactly. It, 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 it showed that he that he was trying to be brave, and and that I think is is an important attribute for a, a lot of players in the league is just to be brave on the ball, and and that's what he was trying to do. So, yeah, it, it may not have worked out, but but he will learn from that. It was his first his first start, forty five minutes in in the championship, and. Yeah, he, 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 he'll need more minutes to, to get more accustomed to the league and learn. So, yeah, nothing negative. He's just, he's just learning. And we'll go on to the Bristol City game because that's fast approaching now. It's on Wednesday evening. And it seems that there's a few conundrums to sort out. And I know we can't fully get into every aspect of it all because we don't know which players will be available. But... What I see, I can potentially see a diamond returning. And I know that might excite Stephen a little bit because he he's very excited with the uh, prospects of the diamond when we spoke the other day. And with having Osho, Pelly, Lansbury, and now Berry sort of pushing for a way back into the side, I, I think that's definitely a possibility. Having Jerome, and even if Adebayo's not fit, you've got the pace of Cornick to partner up with him. You've seen, we saw for the second goal, how intelligent Jerome is. And we all know with Harry, he's got the pace to, and attacking intelligence to actually read what's going on in a game. So is that something that you three can see happening in the future? Maybe, maybe not for Bristol City, but is that a possibility of delving back into? Yeah, I think I think definitely. I mean, if anything, if there's anything we know about Nathan Jones in the championship is that he's extremely flexible tactically. Um, and in terms of personnel for Bristol City, whether he'll want to go with Carlos again, um, you know, if, if Carlos, if he feels like, you know, 
to just pull Carlos out and, and give him a bit more time to just get used to the level. Really, our only forwards fit, if Musquey isn't fit, are um, Jerome and, and Cornick. So potentially we'll have to play them two and then have a diamond behind that. Who knows? Um, you know, we, we, there's a lot of analysis, obviously, that goes on behind the scenes and, and they'll be properly preparing and everything. But definitely, you know, I think if we're looking at systems, we're probably thinking so far it's been 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3 with a holder, uh, three at the back with a 10 and two strikers against Barnsley. And, we, and a diamond we did for 10 minutes against all Sheffield United. So, you know, we're extremely flexible in that sense. And, and it's always a possibility. I think anything with Nathan Jones in the championship is, is, is possible, really, tactically. Stylistically, we're, we're pretty set and we know how we play. But tactically, we can, we can change. Um, I, I think for me, my, my preference long term and, and how I see us developing as a side long term going forward for the future, for me, it's a 4-3-3, I think. Having a workhorse midfield of of a DM and Osho, who again I thought was brilliant against Blackburn, and then two eights that are workhorse eights that that make sort of last minute runs into the box, and then ha having that midfield behind the front three that lets a flare front three, be it Musque, Fred, Eli, Carlos, Cornick, Jerome, like just let them play their football like high up the pitch and have that solid midfield uh, three behind. So. For me, it would probably be a midfield three of, of Osho, Pelly and, and Lansbury, I think, on on, on Wednesday. Um, and and just a word on Osho again, I, I keep banging on about how much I, I rate him, but I thought he was fantastic against Blackburn. Again, I, I could quite easily sit here and mention two or three mistakes that he made on, on, well, on Saturday yesterday. But I think what he will gain and what he will learn from yesterday is just... Like endless, like yeah, yeah, yes, he he made the mistakes, but just to to bounce back from those mistakes and then that that last ditch block to 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 keep it at two one was just like unbelievable. Um, so I think ha having Osho is for me one of the first names on the team sheet in 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 that sort of number six role is is big for us going forward. Yeah, I mean. Just because it's been mentioned that that block, that save from Sluger and block from Osho basically had the value of a goal because if they put that in, we're not going to get the draw. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, with the diamond, it's the way I'm thinking about it now from, from Saturday is that the way we were set up in the first half, it was okay, but we it did look like there was quite a few gaps in midfield. Um, and then when we changed to three at the back with Bree right wing back and uh, Naismith left wing back, we looked a hell of a lot better. Naismith looked a little bit more comfortable because he was in a more natural position for him. And he wasn't just focusing on defensive duties. He was starting to focus on attacking, which he seems to be quite good at. And, bar the, the bit of the failed cross that he made when he, um, got around a defender in the box. That was, you know, that was a brilliant bit of play from him there. And it just shows that he's got the sort of head to to play smartly on the wing. Um, and Bradley, when he came in as well, was brilliant. And I think, I'm obviously, I, I do like the diamond. I trust that J uh, Jones formation. But 
we're so adaptable at the moment. And this is what we're saying, like the first two, three weeks in that we've set up for each game differently. And we have, as Dylan was saying, we've got tactically, we can change up. We've got like a set, set style of how we play, but with that style of play, we can change it around with a formation. And I'm, I'm quite happy for it to keep changing really now because, you know, we looked eh in the first half and then changed it to three at the back, which I don't like usually, but then we looked brilliant. So, yeah, I'm really, I'm just happy for Jones to do whatever he sees fit because he seems to get it wrong every now and again, and then he'll change it and get it right. And defensively speaking, you, you said there, Stephen, about Bradley coming in. How important was it having him back in the side? And does he start going into Bristol City game? And does that shift Naismith out to left back in the place of Potts? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, and Potts, Potts looked okay as well. I, I think we forgot to mention him, really. And like uh, he looked okay. He didn't look up to speed. There was quite a few mistakes. He was quite slow on the ball, quite slow bits, but he won some important headers. And yeah, so I think being able to have Potts and Naismith at left back, left wing back is really important. It's it's good for us now. And Bradley looked immense. As I as I was saying, he organized the defense quite well and we looked a lot more rigid and you know, we were we were prepared for their attacks in the uh, second half. And yeah. It, it, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, I thought we were so much better when when Sonny came on and I think obviously we're, we're sat here with the benefit of hindsight, but I think he probably should have started with, with that back four with Naismith left back and uh, and Bradley left centre half, knowing now that Bell was out injured. Um, obviously, it depends on because it might have been that 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 the medical staff would have said, you know what, Sonny's fit enough to play, but but not not for ninety minutes. Then maybe that comes into his thinking. But yeah, when Sonny came on, structural like just defensively we were so much better and I think Osher improved in, in, in front of, of Bradley and Burke as well so absolutely if if Ben is still out I, I would certainly push Naismith out left back and, and, and start Bradley and Burke at, at centre-half Yeah I think um, I think three game week is also something to consider um, given that you know when you have a three game week you have to rotate and I assume that was the thinking behind give, maybe giving Bradley one more game to to rest and, and have a bit of training, have pots on the pitch, maybe then knowing that we'd pull him out for, for Bristol City. But then again, how much we can actually rotate now, given our injuries with Campbell, Musque, Adebayo, all maybe out, then we, we can't really rotate in, in many, many areas apart from at the back and even at right back, unless we're going to play Jordan Clark there. So, um, yeah, I think, I think for, you know, for Tuesday, it will be, We'll definitely see a few changes, but but not too many, given that given that we've got so many injuries around the pitch. Dylan, I'll come back to you with this one. What threats do you see Bristol City causing us on Wednesday night? Well, Vyman is Vyman is uh, the main one. Uh, Andreas Vyman, he's he's one of those again who's who's so clever with his with his movement in behind and. He does. He's one of those strikers who can do a lot of things. He can he can run in behind with really clever with some really clever runs, but also drop in and and link the play and and so he he's the main he's the main one. They've got a lot of experience in there in with Matty James and, and Andy King, but I think I think a real weapon for us against their midfield, which was Matty James, Andy King, 
Hanno Masengo on the right and, and Cameron Pring on the left is, is our athleticism because Matty James and Andy King are good players, but they're not the most athletic players. And I think if we're thinking about the skills that we have with Pelly Ruddock, more so with Alan Campbell and Henry Lansbury, um, with, with Osho as well, we can physically give them a challenge. And I think that's what Tony Mowbray said in the, in the build-up and after the game. He said, Luton are a team that, that tests you physically. And I think that's what we will do again against Bristol City, who perhaps in their midfield areas don't have that same, uh, those same physical levels. They're very good, but they don't have those same physical levels. One last question, and it's one that I don't really want to mention, but it's something that needs addressing. Bristol City's home record, they haven't won for so long. I think it's since January. And why is this such a, such a bad thing when it comes to losing? Why do we look at that and think this is going to be the, the worst game of the season? Just because what we're like. Well, we almost blew it last time we went there. Um, and then we managed to come back from from two down. So I don't know. I think uh, to be fair, I think I think unless you're a team that is really pushing at the top and and you know like a Fulham, although they did lose um, yesterday, um, I think everyone fears that kind of be. You don't you don't want to be that team that that does it. And I think to be fair, it's not just unique to to Luton, even though it might feel like that. But yeah, I mean, you don't. We don't want to be that team. We don't want to be the one that that breaks that record. So. So hopefully, hopefully we don't do anything silly and, and do that. Because we spoke about it a lot, Steve, and when it was just me and you on the podcast, I remember a specific one was QPR. I think they'd, they'd gone on an awful run of, of 12 games or whatever, and they'd come to the Kenilworth Road and beat us 2-0. But as Dylan says, I think it's definitely a thing that all clubs have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the a thing that everyone everyone says about their own clubs and all that, but you know, I, I feel like Luton is one of those teams where it's like never bet on them, never there's never a guaranteed win. Obviously in football, there's never guaranteed a win, but with us, I think we are just one of those teams that it does happen to a little bit more sometimes. And then some seasons it doesn't. Yeah, I think it's yeah. It, it, thing about your own club but we'll go on to the score predictions for this because I think we need to get a little bit better at these so I'll come to I'll come to you Jamie first I'm going to be quite British here I'm going to say Luton 2-0 I like the confidence Dylan uh, I'm going to say nil-nil we've we've got a first We've got a, a scoreline that Jamie and Dylan haven't been <laughs> on there. So <laughs> first for everything. And we'll and Stephen, what about you? One 0 win away from home. Gotta be that again. I'm gonna go two one Luton. Yeah, I'm I'm confident like you boys, but yeah, I think it could happen the way sort of Blackburn won, where we concede first and it looks all all awful, and then yeah, we come back with two goals and Luke Berry scores a brace and Dylan comes on boasting again. <laughs> I just want to say, I hope it isn't nil-nil. I really hope it isn't. It's my first away day um, since, since COVID kicked off. So apart from Stevenage, which doesn't count. But, um, but yeah, I hope it isn't nil-nil because I really, I really want us to, to put one in uh, in front of the away fans because that would, that would make my, my week, definitely. 
Well, that is all we have time for today. Big thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech for today's music. Make sure to check out our website and our socials. Our website is www.oakroadhatter.com. Instagram is oakroadhatterpod. And our Twitter is at oakroadhatter. Thank you all for listening. And also thank you to you three for joining me today. Dylan and Jamie are off to Bristol City on Wednesday, as we've been speaking about. So their job is to report back to us and hopefully for... uh, Dylan on his first away day it's not that nil-nil that he was just speaking about and hopefully next time we record we'll have another three points to our name so until then goodbye and thank you to Luke Berry and thank you to Luke Berry praise the Lord Luke Luke David Berry away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.